one, one, one. No, I'm just playing. That's how we get on episodes right now. One viewer, one viewer, one viewer. You know what, y'all? I love the fuck out of you guys. Just that one person. You won. That one right now. We need 15 seconds in. You. Man, I love you. I love the fuck out of you. I have nothing but love to give to you. Do you understand me? This is the grown man's book club on the pop on the God <laughs> on the God's brand network. And we are going into another segment of the Frederick Douglass life and narrative of his story. And right now we are reading a speech he gave. It's an extract from a lecture he gave about the various anti-slavery bodies in the winter of 1855. 1855, you understand them numbers? Crank it, crank it, crank it. Yeah, you can't do it. You don't understand the mathematician's abilities to get back to that single year. You don't know what it's like to get back to 1855. Man, put the time in it. Understand the time. i give you a second. It's 2021 when I'm doing this. How long? 1855. Did you get your number? I'll give you one more second. Look at you. Wasting your damn time trying to run some numbers that don't even deal with you, you stupid ass. <laughs> All right, we're going to start reading, y'all. I love y'all, but I'm an asshole. Get it right. Y'all know that. I'm an asshole. A grand movement on the part of mankind in any direction or for any purpose, moral or political, is an interesting fact, fit and proper to be studied. It is such not only for those who eagerly participate in it, but also for those who stand aloof from it. Even for those by whom it is opposed, I take the anti-slavery movement to be such an one, and the movement as sublime and glorious. The door's open. The door's open. Nephew. Thank you. I'm recording. Huh? I'm recording right now. Oh, yeah. They can hear you talking. Huh? They can hear you. Because uh, yeah. I'm not going to stop the video because you walked in, nephew. Uh. How's school? Huh? You go to school? No. All right. Well, let me finish recording. Okay. All right. Let's get back to reading. Do, 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 do. That was my nephew. So, yes, I do have family. Anyways, um, the glorious in his character and as holy as the benefactor. In the ends it aims to accomplish at this moment, I deem it safe to say it is properly engrossing more minds in this country than any other subject now before the American people. The late John C. Cowan, one of the mightiest men that ever stood in the American Senate, did not deem it beneath him, and he probably studied as deeply, though not as honestly, as General Smith or L William Lloyd Garrison, he evidenced the greatest fam familiarities with the subject and the greatest efforts of his last years in the Senate. As direct reference to this movement, his eagle eye watched 
every new development connected with it. And he was every prominent to inform the South of every important step in its progress. He never allowed himself to make light of it, but always spoke it of it and treated it as a manner of grave importance. And in this, he showed himself a master of, of the mental, moral, and religious constitution of American society. Daniel Webster, too, in the better days of his life before he gave his assertion to the Fugitive Slave Bill and the triumph upon all his earlier and better convictions when his eye was yet still he clearly comprehended the nature of the elements involved in this move movement and in his own magistrate a clorence warned the south and the country to have a care how they attempted to put it down he is illustrated that it is easier to give than it is to take good advice to these two young men, the greatest men to whom the nation has yet given birth may be traced to traced the two greatest facts of the present, the South triumphed and the North humbled. Their names may stand thus, Calhoun and Domination, Webster and Degration. Yet again, if to the enemies of liberty this subject is one of the engrossing interest, vastly more so should it be such to freedom friends. The latter it leads to the gates of all valuable knowledge, pinatical, ethical, and religious. For us bring them to the study of man, wonderful and fearful, made the property such a man, though all time, the open book in which they all records of all time internally, of the existence and power of the anti-slavery movement, as a fact, you need no evidence. The nation has seen its face and felt the controlling pressure of its hand. You can see it moving in all directions and in all weathers and in all places appearing most where desired, least and pressing hardest where most resident. No place is exempted. The quiet prayer meeting in the stormy halls of the national debate share its presence alike. It is common intruder and of course has the name of being ungentlemanly. Breathe, breathe who have long sung in the most affectionate fever, fever and with the greatest sense of security. Together, let's sweetly live. Together, let's die. Together, let's die. Have been suddenly and violently separated by it and ragingly hostile towards toward each other. The Methodist, one of the most powerful re religious organizations of this country, has been rent a sword and is the strongest bolts of the denomination brotherhood started at the single surge. It has changed the tone of the northern pulpit and modified that of a press, a celebrated divine, whose four years ago was only flickering his own mother and her brother into the remorseful jaws of the monster slavery. Lest he should swallow up the union now reconciled anti-slavery with the characteristics of future civilization signs and wonders follow this movement and the fact just stated is one of them party ties are loosened by it and men are compelled to take sides for or against it whether they will or not come from where he may or not come for what he may he is compelled to show his hand what is this mighty force what is his history what is his destiny he is it ancient or modern, transit or permanent, 
has it turned aside like a strange or a soreer to tarry for night or has come it to rest with us forever excellent chance for us to hear speculations and some of them are quite profound we might for instance proceed to inquire not only into the philosophy of the anti-slavery movement but into the philosophy of the law in the obedience to which the movement started into exist we might demand to know what is the law or power which at different times disposed the minds of men to this or that particular object now for peace and now for war now for freedom and now for slavery but this profound question i leave to the abolitionists of the superior class to answer the speculations which must preside such answer would afford afford perhaps about the same satisfaction as the learned theories which have rained down upon the world from time to time as the origins the origin of evil i shall therefore avoid water in which i cannot swim and deal with anti-slavery as a fact like any other fact in this history of mankind capable of being described and understood both as its internal force and as external phase in relations after the quen a full and highly interest explosion of nature char- natural character and history of the anti-slavery movement from its assertion of which wanted this space particulars us he concluded in the following happily manner present organizations may perish but the cause will go on that cause has a life distinct and independent of the organizations patched up from the time to time to carry it forward look at apart from the bones and sinews of bodies in its dying and moral it is very essential of justice liberty and love the moral life of human society it cannot die while conscience honor and humility remains if but one be filled with it the cause lives its incarceration if any one individual man leaves the whole world a priesthood occupying the highest moral amidst amidst even that of deinsertion belonging who say has assertion his height and has the greatest to stand there has the wor- world at his feet and is the world's teacher as the divine right he may set the judgment on the age upon the civilization of the age and upon the religion of the age for he has a test a sure and certain test by which to try all instruction and to measure all men i say he may do this but this is not the chief business for which he is qualified the great work to which he is called in this not of judgment like the priest of the prince of peace he may say if i judge i judge righteous judgments still madely like him he may say this is not of his work the man who early like the truth true preacher of christianity is less anxious to reproach the world of its sin than to win it to repentance his great work on earth is to exemplify and illustrate and to engift engaged those principles upon the living and practice understanding of all men within the reach of his influence this 
this is his work, long or short his years, many or few his adherents' power or weak his instrumentalities through good reports or through bad reports. This is his work. This is not to snatch from the balsams of nature, to land in facts of each individual man's experience, and with steady hand to hold them up fresh and glowing and forcing with all his power, their acknowledgement and practice adopt adoption if there to be but one such man in the land no matter what becomes of abolished society and parties there will be an anti-slavery cause and an anti-slavery movement fortunately for that cause and fortunately for him by whom Sorry, guys. It requires no extraordinary amount of talent to preach it or to receive it when preached. The grand secret of its power is that each of its principles is easily rendered a principle to the faculty of reason and man, and in the most unalighted conscience has no difficulty in deceiving deciding on which side to register its testimony it can call its preachers from among the fishermen and raise them to power in every human breast it has an advocate which can be silenced only when the heart is dead it becomes home to every man's understanding and appeals directly to every man's consciousness a man that does not recognize and approve for himself the right and privileges contended for in behalf of the American slave has not yet been found. And whatever else men may differ, they are alike in the appreciance of their natural and personal rights. The difference between abolish and those whom they op opposed is not, is not as to principles. All are agreed in respect to these the manner of applying them is to the point of difference the slaveholder himself the daily robber of his equal brother disclosure equitably to the excellency of justice and the man who employs the brutal driver to flay the flesh of his negroes is not offered when kindness and humanity are com commended every time the abolish speak of justice the anti-abolishness assess say yes. I wish the world were filled with a disposition to render the to every man what his rightful due him. I should then get what is due me. That's right. Let us have justice by all means. Let us have justice every time the abolitionists speak in honor of human liberty. He touches the the cord in the heart of the anti-ballinist which responds in harmonious vibrations liberty yes that is evidently my my right and let him beware who attempts to invade or abridge that right every time he speaks of love or human brotherhood and the reciprocal duties of men and man man and man the Anti-abolitionists assist, say, yes, all right, all true. We cannot have such ideas too often or fully expressed. So he says 
and so he feels, and he only shows hereby that he is a man as well as an anti-Balinist. You have only to keep out of sight the manner of applying your principles to get them endorsed every time. Contemporary himself, he sees truth with absolute clearness and distinctness. He only blurs when asked to lose sight for himself. In this own case, he can be a Boston lawyer, but he is dumb when asked to plead the cause of others. He knows very well whatsoever he would have done unto himself, but is quite in doubt as to having the same thing done unto others. It is just here that lions springing up into the path of duty and the battle once fought in he heaven is refought on onto earth. So it is, so hoth it has ever been, and so must it ever be when the claims of justice and mercy make their demands at the door of human selfishness. Nevertheless, there is that within which ever pleads for the right and the just. In conclusion, I have taken a sober view of the president's anti-slavery movement. I am sober, but not hopeless. There is no denying, for it is everywhere admitted, that the anti-slavery question is the great moral and social question now before the American people, a state of things that gradually been developed by which that question has become the first thing in order. It must be met. Here is my hope. The great idea of impartial liberty is now fairly before the American people. Anti-slavery is no longer a thing to be prevented. The time for prevention has passed. This is a great gain. When the movement was young and weak, when it wore in Boston gardening to human oppression, and it might have been silenced but put out of the way, they are different now. It has grown too large. Its friends are too numerous. Its faculties too abundant. Its ramifications too extended. Its power too opponent to be snuffed out of the contingencies of infancy. A thousand strong men might be struck down and in its ranks still be invincible. One flash from its heart-supplied intellect of Harriet Betcher Stowe could light a million camps' fires in front of the embattled host of slavery, which not all the waters of the Mississippi mingled as they are with blood could extinguish. The principle will be looked to by after coming generations as the age of anti-slavery literacy. When supplied on the gallop could not keep pace with that ever-growing demand when a picture of a negro on the cover was a help to the sale of a book when conservation lumicals and the american literacy association began first to select their own hoarders for distinction occasion from the ranks of the previous despised abilities abolitionist if the anti-slavery movement shall fail now it will be from out, out outward opposition but from inward decay 
Oxillarities are everywhere. Scholars, authors, orators, poets, statesmen given into their aid. The most brilliant of American poets volunteered in this service. Worley speaks in burning verses to more than 30,000 in the national era. Your own Longfellow whisper in every hour of trial and disappointment. Labor and wait. James Russell Lowell is reminded. Reminding us that men are more than institutionist. Piermont cheers the heart of the pilgrim in search of liberty by singing the praises of the North, North Star. Bryant. Bryant. Kobe Bryant. The fucking goat, yo. No, just kidding. He was more away after that. If y'all actually think Kobe Bryant is in this, then I don't know. what. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. I don't know. Bryant, too, is with us. And though chained to the car of party and dragged on amst a world of political excitement, he snatches a moment for letting drop a smile verse of the sympathy for the man in chains. The poets are with us. It would seem almost absurd to say, considering the use of that it has made of them, that we have allies in the Ethiopian songs, those songs that constitute our national music, and without which we have no national music, they are heart songs, and they are finest feelings of human nature are expressed in them. Lucy Neal, Old Kentucky Home, and Uncle Ned can make the heart sad as well as merry and can call forth a tear as well as a smile. They awaken the sympathies for a slave in which anti-slavery principles take root, growth, and flourish. In addition to authors, poets, and scholars at home, the moral sense of the civilized world is with us. England, France, and Germany, the three great lights of the modern civilizations, are with us, and every American traveler learns to regret the existence of slavery in his country. The growth of intelligence and influence of the commerce, steam, wind, and lighting are all allies. It would be easy to amplify this summary summary, and to swell the vast conjunction of the material forces but there is a deeper and truer method of measuring the power of our cause and the comprehending its vital vanity vitality this is to be found in the accordance with the best elements of human nature it is beyond the power of slavery to amputate amputate afference reckon Recognization and established by the Almighty. I'm going to end it here. I'll finish the last two pages today. I just think that was a very lengthy and powerful read. And I think it's important to end it there. We do have allies, y'all. We do. And it's thick and it's building and it's growing every single day. One by one, I have a viewer, but it's not me alone who's going to make this chain. It's the allies that did it. To live is to die. Follow your North Star.